Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo. And I'm Matthew Walker. And we are in the middle of uh, the most exciting time of the year for, for Matthew, which is your, uh, your garage, garage sale. I just felt like saying that because it's, it's kind of hard to <laughs> escape it when you're in this room now. Stay, uh, sitting behind Lewis is, uh, there are two Ottomans, uh, two TVs, gigantic TVs that are prehistoric. Uh, four dressers, uh, two sofas, six mattresses of all sizes, um, a dining table, a hundred baskets. Because anytime, anytime older ladies donate, there's always a basket Sorry, in the mix. Yeah, baskets. yeah, I know. I'm not an old lady. But well, no, you're an old man. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like one. Or, or play yeah. one on TV. Randall right. thinks you sound like one. Yeah, so um, all that stuff in a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we are in full garage sale mode. We have people that have showed up to help us, and uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we so. may have some background noise today, but yeah, a little bit. It's but unavoidable. Yeah. yeah. You wanna? Uh oh. Uh, the other side. There you go. Okay. There you go. Yeah, there. Does that work? Yeah, that's good. Excellent. Some little podcasting stuff. <laughs> All right, topic inception. It's prayer this week, and no, no, you got it right. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Prayer. You want a topic and stuff? You want to talk about it a little bit? You kind yeah, of just well, told me. But. The, well, I, Lewis always uh, asks me every week, what do you want the topic to be? Do you want me to send you in the list of topics, or do you have one? And so this week, one of the ladies at church who had asked to be here today, but she's at a dentist appointment, um, she had asked me to be on the prayer team at church. And, you know, it's awesome and amazing to be on a prayer team, but it's also mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. It's a lot of resp- responsibility. And so I... You know, kind of said yes out of obligation to her. Mm-hmm. I said yes out of obligation to God. I said yes out of obligation to who I would be praying for. But, you know, in general, you know, the, the scripture that's been going through my head is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's the King James Version, but that's the version I learned. That's okay. And so if that's scriptural, if the, effectual, if the effective fervent prayer consistent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much mm-hmm. then why don't we do it and and so my whole idea bringing up this whole thing about prayer was why don't we pray what does the bible say about prayer and and if we're not you know if we're not effective christians right now mm-hmm. is it because we don't have an active prayer life and to me it, pointing the finger at myself it was like yes you know god can cover so much with grace but there are there's connection we have to have with mm-hmm. him, you know. So that was my thought for the topic. Right, no, and it comes yeah. up multiple times in Scripture about how, not specifically just how to pray, but like the attitude that you bring into right. it. Right. And, uh, and even fasting and combining prayer mm-hmm. with such and such activities. Yeah. So what's the uh, weirdest or most selfish prayer you've ever made? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, the weirdest, uh, the weirdest, most selfish well, I, let's see. You go first, because okay. I'm I'm formulating. I have one, but yeah, I was I've I've probably got a weirder one than this one. But okay. This one seemed appropriate. Uh, when I was maybe five or six, uh, we went to uh, there was a there was a place in Puerto Rico, a water park. Yeah. Called Plaza Aquatica, which is, I think is still closed. I don't think it okay. ever opened again. Um, it was fairly dangerous, as we came to understand years later, <laughs> but. Uh, I happened to go there with family, with my aunt, my cousin, and my sister, and we were going down one of the slides where you have to ride the donut. Yeah. So before I even go into that, like you've watched E.T. before, right? Yes. Okay. Remember the scene when they're going down the street, the cops are waiting for them at the end, 
Uh huh. And ET. Yep. On the bike. The bike stays yeah. up in the air. Right. Okay. So I had that in mind because I was going down the slide fairly quickly, but the, the donut kept like tipping around <laughs> left and right. Yeah. And I thought, man, this thing is gonna. I'm going overboard. I'm going uh -huh. off of the slide. And I remember praying to God, Lord, just take me off of this thing like ET. Let me float away like, <laughs> like they did on the bike on, <laughs> in the movie. And luckily, I made it down uh, safely. I think I almost drowned when I got to the bottom of the pool. But, uh, but yeah, so he didn't give you an ET moment. I didn't have my ET moment, oh, but, I, okay. but I'm alive, so I guess that's, yeah. that's always a positive outcome. Yeah. yeah um, let's see. I, you know, I had a lot of different prayers. One of my main prayers growing up was that I would I prayed for a pool with dolphins mm -hmm. in my backyard. And this is a stupid little prayer as a kid, but that that was my the biggest thing I ever wanted. You know, I want a pool with dolphins in the backyard, and I wanted a macaw, and I wanted a baby grand piano. And those were all pretty much selfish. And, like, I, I did get a macaw, and I prayed that I would get rid of it because <laughs> I had one, and she chewed up everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, the pool with dolphins, like, one day I was working at SeaWorld at Dolphin Stadium, and God says, remember that prayer you had when you were a kid? I said, yeah, and he goes, Voila! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, yeah, I, I was like, about what about that. the Ferrari? <laughs> you know? No, so no, that that's was next week. Yeah, yeah, so that was probably the most selfish prayer. Yeah, and the weirdest, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I was, I always say, well, what's the first, you know, I like to go back to, oh, what's the first prayer you made? But yeah. this time it, it felt good to ask that because I, I know a few people that pray for football games. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they got Lord. money on the line. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Or, the, you know, there's the infamous scene in all these movies of like, Please God, if you if you know if, if you're out if there, if he touches the score, this touchdown, I I, I won't go to the strip club again. And yeah, <laughs> it's but you know it happens. It happens. Right, really. right. I think we try to sometimes our prayers are negotiations with with God. For sure, right. I've been there. All right, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing. I, I mean, I I know you you must have, but the first time I ever heard about the three-legged stool of the faith. Yeah was how to apply the three like actions you do as a Christ follower. Okay. Which is read your Bible, prayer and fellowship. Or acts of service to, you know, a little there's a couple combinations in there. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh uh. Until now? I don't I don't even know where I heard it the first time. But the idea was that this is a stool, a chair that stands with the three legs mm -hmm. and depending on current state of prayer, Bible reading and fellowship look like the chair might be wobbly or it's like it was to ask yourself well are you well balanced and most of the time it was like well okay two out of the legs are okay or one of the legs is really bad so it's not even standing you know in the mind's eye yeah but with that in mind how's your prayer leg looking nowadays or most of the time for that matter well i'm really good if and this is why like when I was talking to my friend Patty about being on the prayer team, I'm really good praying in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked me to pray for you, <clears throat> this was my history. You'd ask me to pray for you, I said I would, and then I would go away and just forget all about it. And mm -hmm. I had a horrible example of, of my boss at work. Uh, he said, hey, I got this big thing coming up. I need you to pray. I said, okay. And then I realized I didn't pray. Mm -hmm. And so I did one of those last, you know, last-ditch efforts, pray in the moment. But then the next day I said, dude, I totally forgot to pray for you. And he goes, oh, I know. The Holy Spirit already told me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I had lied about prayer, I would be in so much trouble. But he said, yeah, I know. And that, like that time was the end-all, be-all. If I tell somebody I'm going to pray, I'll pray right then. Mm -hmm. 
and it's almost like a fail safe like well let's pray right now because i know i'll forget i know i'll get busy i know i'll forget to pray and i know i'm not the only one but i don't if i tell somebody i'm gonna pray like kathy kathy mcgay mm-hmm. she used to have this kid she would call um or she would text at 805 every day she'd text him the word preacher um, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Okay. And she would never tell me who it was, and I didn't really need her to, but it was interesting. But it was like a reminder for him to remember who he was. Mm-hmm. And so, like, setting reminders for prayer, that's something I could probably do. But I'm my my stool is great in the moment. My three-legged stool is great in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not great carrying it long-term, you know. Yeah. No, and, and even as I think back... Um, like our days serving in the youth and if yeah service was going one way or you know we were having whatever kind of night i remember garrett might turn to you specifically and say we need we need go pray go 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 in the closet yeah yeah that was like your gift it was like i can do that yeah go do that yeah Yeah, i'm good at that when i when i'm thinking about this question i think Uh oh most of the time i I've got two good legs to stand on. The yeah. third one's out. It's You're out balancing. Yeah, I can't balance it. Or, I mean, I can, but I don't. Like, if, if I'm not reading much during one week, usually my prayers are good for the rest of the week. Or if I'm re- doing will- really well with, you know, keeping up with my word, my prayers are all out of whack because I'm not praying at all. It's like, uh, it's it's hard to, you know, have the balancing act. And... uh I just wonder if that's true for most people. If they, because maybe the thought process is, well, I'm doing one thing, so I don't really need to do the other. Or if it's what just, do you mean by that? Like I'm doing one thing, but I... like you get your sense of accomplishment by doing. Oh, uh, okay. But then I guess yeah. the mindset is accomplishment, and that's kind of the wrong idea to take. It's you know you you you're practicing. You're actually practicing your faith, which I guess that's my problem is is. I look at it as an accomplishment. Like I gotta change that mindset. But yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, I think that's what. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll talk more about this later. If and you might ask a question regarding if that, we, but yeah, okay. yeah. Do your prayers sound like a conversation or like essays? Essays. <laughs> well, I know God, some people. Who I say. want you to. <laughs> well, it's so formal uh, for some some t- some people, and that heck, I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of it sometimes being the very formal prayer. Lewis, can you close us out in prayer? And it's like, yeah, of course, dear Lord, you know, uh, or no, no, you knows. But it's it's a it's just a very specific tone. It's a very um, almost business like conversation. So not reverent, but more business like. Right. Yeah. I mean. When I'm put into a group setting and I'm asked to pray, that's the kind of prayer I'm praying. When okay. I'm on my own and I'm doing my own kind of prayers, it's more conversation-like. Right. And I think it should be more conversation-like at all times. Yeah, because well, cause here's the when, – when we were first starting to be around all those youth group leaders mm-hmm. and the different ways people would pray, like I loved it when somebody would – uh, maybe it was Bronson would start out with calling God Daddy mm-hmm. or Dad or Daddy or whatever, right. and then somebody else was like, uh, "Hey God," and and like just you know, because I had been raised very, this is how you pray. It's very you know, and so when I started, and the reason I say it like that is because conversational, mm-hmm. 
I think when when people hear you pray, they may learn how to pray from you. So if you're conversational and relational with God, it teaches them they can be too. But there are some people that are like, oh, that's not reverent. And I'm like, well, right. you know, you be reverent with God the way you think you're supposed to pray, mm-hmm. and I'll have a relationship with him. And, and we'll both agree to disagree, you know. Yeah, no, and it, it took me having a personal voice to kind of hear. Not, not that that's the requirement, but when I was going to Catholic school, yeah, that's why I named the episode what I did, you know. I know, our, I saw our, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our Father, mm. Lord in Heavens, and, and, and uh, uh, Mary, Full Grace, you know. that that Those were the prayers we were taught, and there's nothing wrong with them. That's great. But when the moment came to have, like, a like an intersection with God, I had a different voice. I had a, a very specific one-on-one kind of conversation. And did anybody teach you that, or did you just develop that? I had a desperation that particular night when I felt like I was going to die by the next morning because I was so sick. Right, right. But then from that moment on, the prayer was different. Not that I had anything against, you know, the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer is great to me. Right, no, and but, it's scriptural. Right. But it having the personal touch, your own words, kind of makes it right better for me. It makes it more alive, you know, in a sense. I don't know, maybe... maybe uh. No, like the... Because uh, God would call me all the time to mm-hmm. pray uh, for my dad. And my dad was the reason that I was a Christian. We were raised Assembly of God. Right. So there was speaking in tongues, there was translations. Um, you know, <laughs> we had this lady, Sister Charter. Oh, Lord, <laughs> we just come... And her voice would shake, and I'm like, you were just talking normal five seconds sheep? ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm she, she's dead now, so I'm not oh, making I'm fun sorry. of her. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm like, I don't want to make fun of a living person. I'm not trying to make fun of a dead person either. But like, I just remember her voice, and it was she looked like a little mouse, the little mouse with the gingham dress, you know, in all uh-huh. the like country pictures, and and she would pray like that, and I was like, nobody talks like that, you know, not even Jim and Tammy Faye Baker talk like that. Um, so I remember her praying, uh, and how weird it sounded and so when that when god would call me to pray for my dad i'm like i can't do it Mm -hmm. because i'm sure he's going to critique it and it won't sound churchy or it won't sound super religious like it's supposed to sound and Mm -hmm. and like i think i just got to a point in my life where i'm like if god wants me to pray differently god's going to tell me to pray differently but right now i'm so broken and so hurt i just have to tell god like it is Mm -hmm. you know and and that was um when you ask about the weirdest prayer I've ever prayed, I didn't necessarily want to share this weird prayer because I know people are tired of hearing me talking about homosexuality and my ministry and all that stuff. But it's my podcast, not theirs. Right. And it's our podcast. So the weirdest prayer I ever prayed mm-hmm. was for God to send me a big strong man to hold me, hold me, love me, hug me, and, and whisper good things in my ear. It was like this desire that I had after walking out of homosexuality to be held. And it really just came about because my dad didn't hold me. My dad, you know, it was a it was a broken father wound. Right. So that prayer I prayed, I would have never said it to any Christians. I would have never told them what I was praying. But this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to do. You have this desire. Let's wash it. Let's cleanse it. Let's purify it. <clears throat> and so I prayed this weird prayer. Mm-hmm. God sent me a, man, a big strong man to hold me, hug me, love me. And God sent three people. But what happened is I put my faith in and my trust in God, not in these men. And so when I, my faith was solidified in God, when these men came in, I didn't lean towards them. I didn't 
uh, become emotionally dependent on them, but they loved me right mm-hmm. where I was at. I had a Baptist minister, straight Baptist minister, that held me one night for like 30, 40 minutes because he said, he told me that God knew that I needed it. And nobody had ever done that before. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to get that close. And it was not, it was wrong for men to, you know, be comfortable with other men like that. And so just that prayer and having God answer that prayer the way that it should have been answered, not the way that my flesh wanted it answered. Right. That was, that was a time where I knew that I wasn't praying these big eloquent prayers and I wasn't praying prayers Oh, God, thank you so much for all you've done for me. But right now, I just want stuff for other people. I want to humble myself before you, Lord. And, and I'm just like, come on. You know, because I needed Christianity to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. I needed it to be, you know, I don't need God to be simple and real, you know. But I needed this walk to be something that I could accomplish and something that I could start doing. The Holy Spirit will help me with it. But I needed it to be something that seemed uh, attainable. You know? Right. No, and I, I remember, um, I think, I was there for one of them, or you rather, were, yeah, which was, uh, it was Nelson, right? Now, uh, Nelson was one of them. Andre was one of them, mm-hmm. and then uh, Brent, this guy named Brent, yeah. But I just remember, yeah, when it when it did happen, yeah, it was just the look on your face of. The fulfillment of the prayer was yeah. was was more the reward than anything. It was like actually the simplicity of it having happened without perhaps the expectation. It was just the the realization of the the moments here. You know, it's like it happened. Right. Yeah. That was right. yeah. That was rewarding to to yeah and see it, to view. You know. Yeah, cause, cause here's what I'd been told my whole life: you're an abomination. You know, maybe I wasn't told I was an abomination, but I was told my sin was abomination. Mm-hmm. But since I couldn't separate myself out from my sin, and I thought it was my identity, like, for them to talk about my sin was them to talk about me. And so, like, I just, Assembly of God Church, great church, you'll get full doctrine, you'll get full scripture, but you also get this this level of condemnation from some of the churches. You know, there was there was doctrine that came out when I was nine years old about the gay community and homosexuality, and it was good, biblically sound, compassionate, loving doctrine. I never heard about it until I was 31. And so to know that there was hope for me all along in my church, but that what I heard from the pulpit was, you're an abomination, you're going to hell, you're a special kind of sinner, and all that stuff. And so you don't want to pray to a God that hates you. You know, or you think he hates you because that's what everybody's telling you. And so when I came back to the church, I had to come back on my own terms. I had to come back without um, my dad's faith. I had to come back out without the Assembly of God faith. Mm-hmm. And I, the first time I went to church down here and I went to a church that was held in a school, I thought I was going to burn in hell. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, they don't have a church. What, what's going on? They, you don't have a church building? What kind of church are you? And but that's where I was. That I came from. Mm-hmm. And you know, my church now in my hometown is a is a mechanics garage. It's a garage because <laughs> they sold the church. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, that's my church. That's sacrilegious. But like, I was so steeped in religion that I knew nothing about relationship. So relationship really had to get to a place where it overpowered the religion, and I could have this this mishmash of of relationship and scriptural doctrine Mm -hmm. and reverence before god which is just like fear that he could zap you (laughs) (laughs) you know but but yeah i had a lot at least for me i had a lot to overcome and you probably did too coming from a catholic background where there's lots of structure right and what what was funny was that i went to the catholic school 
but my my mom my household was not living up to you know or not not it's not living up to but living by that kind of standard or by that sort of voice you know my mom was raised more along the lines of Baptist okay so to her it was you're going to a good school she wasn't so much concerned about what it is exactly that I'm learning about my faith at the Catholic Church. What was she concerned about? Whether you're behaving or not? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. to do well in school or whatever. But yeah. meanwhile, I'm still absorbing the faith while I'm there because, you know, I'm going to religion class. I'm learning about, well, this is why we do what we do. You know, this is why we do the prayers that we do. And it, and it Which was, is, I, I, I love that about the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I love that they don't just say, do it. They actually give you a reason, you know. Well, and, and what was unique was also that there was an. We actually went to religion class. Right. Every semester we had. You could expect to have religion class, and yeah. was, you know, <clears throat> there was a curriculum for it. Well, yeah, it was. It was good to go through that. I I think, I still, am closer to God because of that experience, because of those years spent in different Catholic schools. Right. For sure. Do you say prayers asking for help as you? as much as you do prayers of thanks and why in either spectrum um i don't i don't know that i i don't know that i'll always say in thanks and and thanks and asking for help in the same ratio mm-hmm. like i don't i don't think i thank god enough like and here's the other thing like sometimes when god answers a prayer i'm like i can't believe it and i felt like the holy spirit this last year was saying you can't believe it really i'm god you know right like the groucho marks you can't believe it i'm god why would i not you know but but I, I had to stop saying I can't believe it because God's like, really, you can't believe that mm-hmm. you would ask for something and I would give it to you or you would ask for something and it would be in my will for you or that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you can't believe? But it's it's like, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes you're, you, prayer to me sometimes is putting on a blindfold and you have Velcro, you have balls with Velcro on them and you throw them at a board and hope they stick. Mm-hmm. And it's really not, it shouldn't be like that. So for me, you know, there there was a point where I started this new diet and I've fallen off the wagon. For those of you who are tracking my progress, that's why you haven't seen any Facebook post about it, but I'll get back on. But um, I, I, I woke up that morning and I said to myself, I know I can't do this without God's help. So I immediately said, God, I need your help to right. do this. I can't do it without you. These are the things I'd like to do. Please help me. And he gave me the strength all day long. It was like on tap. Mm-hmm. It was just you know, knocking and, and knocking on the door and he answered and answered my prayer. Um, but it's like, I've gotten more thankful as the years go on, but I think sometimes I'm like, and it's dangerous ground, but sometimes I'm like, well, he should have answered that. I've been working for him. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this. So why should I say thank you for something he should just do? And I don't say that, but that's my mindset. Right. You know, so no, I, yeah, I, I'm a schlub when it comes to thanking God sometimes. Yeah, no, I, the reason I asked that was because I was re, re-listening to last week's episode, I think the one before that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you uh, you gave me a compliment, and you just extended your hand and said, like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, um, but what happened? Huh? But what happened? Well, no, as I was thinking about prayer and coming up yeah. with the questions, I said, well, do I do that in my prayer life? Because I... I, I've never met somebody who's more thankful in prayer than my mom. Like when something good happens, your mom that's the has immediate a, response. She has uh she can be uh pushy at times, mm-hmm. but your mother has a a beautiful, hospitable, 
generous, receptive heart. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. Yeah, she's that. I, I don't know why it takes me aback. Yeah. When something good happens, yeah. and her immediate you know response is to raise her hands and to yeah. say a prayer. Yeah. And it was, and it's just great to see, and and it's and it's a good thing to model after. But I just, I've been kind of trying to put that into practice. That as soon as like not just a prayer is answered, but a good yeah. thing happens. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for it. You know, this is, this is, this is awesome. This is an incredible thing that I get to view. Yeah. And thank you that it comes in its time and it comes in the correct time and that I am as filled and fulfilled through it. Yeah. As as anything. Yeah. As, as even asking for. And yeah, yeah. I just I've I've been trying to remember to focus my prayers beyond just the. And and it and it doesn't even have to be asking for stuff for myself or asking stuff for others. It's just to, you know, put some variety into exactly what you're telling yeah. God in your prayer. Whether that's thanks or whether that's just contemplation yeah. of of life, you know. I just want conversation. I mean I <clears throat> I have those conversations with God. I, there was one time I was on the beach and I was yelling at God. I was cussing. I was yelling. And, you know, I know God can handle it because he's God. And mm-hmm. so, but there were people walking on the beach, and I'm sure they thought, oh, my, somebody needs medication, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got to that point where I'm like, if I can't talk to you the way I talk to everybody else, if, if I have to sit down to God and, like, clear off the desk and put my hands a certain way in order to get ready, I would never talk to God because I'm, I'm not going to make that moment happen. Mm-hmm. But that moment on the beach... I just needed, I needed God to hear my voice, and I needed to just yell, and I needed Him to be okay with me yelling, and I wasn't always going to yell, but I needed to have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, my, I don't necessarily think you have to have a lot of variety in your conversation with God, but I think I think a conversation with God could be like two friends on a train, right? You know, just being in His in, in His presence, you know. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean the the variety part of it is. Like what, you know, what do we talk about? You, you and I can talk. Oh yeah, we watched the movie. Yeah. Or, uh, or yeah, how was Sunday service? Yeah. Well, yeah, we can pick a variety of things yeah. to talk about. It doesn't have to just be cake, you know. Yeah. It's just it. The deepening of the relationship is through spreading the net to everything, you know, not just yeah. specifically. Well, yeah, and that's like. I think about when my when I talk to God, like, and God puts His finger on something. It's like we're not that close, <laughs> you know. But we are. But like, right. God tries to put His finger on something, and I'm like, no, that's not. That doesn't have. You can't have access there. And my friend Maria, um, she's the chairman of my board for Exchange. She says, you know, God asked me once, "Am I the Lord of your life?" And she's like, "Well, of course you are. Mm-hmm. Then why am I not Lord of every part of your life? Because mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm only Lord of some of it." I'm more of like your supervisor or your manager. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Lord of your life, I have access to every part of your life. And that, that to me was like, you know, Lord is not his, Lord is not his name. Like Lord is sort of this quality that he embodies. And Lord means that he's, he's not just in control of it. Mm-hmm. He is, he's given it to you and he's given you access and he's managing all of it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to let him because I know for me, when I manage stuff, right, I can manage it for a little bit and I'm okay and I think, oh, look at me. And then I mm-hmm. crash the car. 
No, no, that's that's hilarious that you say. Uh oh, why the role? Yeah, like okay, Lord, like I'll I'll catch myself during certain prayers. Yeah, and how am I referring to God? Yeah, okay, and right, you know, and it's not that I'm I'm not I'm picking it uh, consciously; it's subconscious. It's like okay, now's the right time for Lord, or now's the right time for Christ, or now's the right time for. Just God, just plain old God. What am I going to call him today? What do I need? But it, it's a yeah, yeah. It's usually according to exactly what you're going into. Like Lord, when it's you know, take a pick: finances, necessities, right, or or uh, whatever. It's like Lord, okay, I'll I'll, like, I'll you've got control over it. And if it's like if you're in pain, you just busted your knee or something like. Christ help me, Jesus! <laughs> but it's 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 subconscious, but it happens. Right, depending on how you've lived your life, I mm-hmm. guess you know. Yeah, like I I like to, I I've changed my prayers mm-hmm. to Jesus lately. I don't say Christ any longer because he he is Jesus the Christ. Right. But he's Jesus. That's the name he gave him. That's the name that has power. And I I I know this sounds silly, and somebody. Some theologian, if they ever listen to this, is probably going to come to me and say, no, it's okay. to." But, like, Jesus is the name with power. Mm-hmm. Christ is his who they say he is. Right, the Christ. And yeah. so he's not Jesus Christ. That's not his last name. And mm-hmm. his middle name is not H, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But, like, I've been changing my prayers to Jesus, mm-hmm. and I've been changing, trying to say Father. Mm-hmm. Because calling him God and Lord, yeah, that may be reverent, but it also, to me, places him at a distance and he's now my now he's the Darth Vader you know he's not he's not my father any longer he's this ominous force that mm-hmm. I don't understand and I'm scared of right. um, but yeah that, that changing that that to Jesus because I think maybe the language has put Christ in there and yeah it may be correct but that's not the name Emmanuel Jesus you know mm-hmm. that's the name he's called so and Gina had a uh, a sermon that she had listened to online some time ago, and and she brought it up to me. She said, "You know, I want to change my prayers to make sure to mention Jesus every yeah. time, and even when she's praying, like in public or with other people." Yeah. Because the the idea behind the 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 preaching that day was that uh, God has too broad a, a term to use anymore. Okay. So it, the the preacher was trying to say you have to be specific because. Nowadays, God to anybody can be anything. Uh, yeah, which you know is semantics, I guess. In yeah, sense, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a good thing to kind of, yeah. I don't know, bring up. Um. Personally, is it easier for you to pray for others or for yourself? It's easier to pray for others mm-hmm. because I like prayer for me. Well, maybe a lot of different things. I'm just going to get real open and honest, like. When you are on a prayer team or when you've prayed and you've heard from God before, you get some level of, like, ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like a skill that you have, you feel like. And, like, you have no power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God is the power. The one we're praying to brings the power. The prayer doesn't bring the power, you right. know. And so it's like, I, I look at it like this. I know I can always fix myself. I'm using air quotes here. Mm-hmm. I can always do for myself. I can always make extra money. I can always do this, that. I don't know what that other person can do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not as equipped as I am. I can't fix their life, but I can reach them through prayer. Right. So that's probably 
why I don't pray for myself is because I'm in control. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody in control in their life, so I pray for them. You know, does it, it, it doesn't, it makes sense, but it's not right. <laughs> right, no, I'll no, just no, say yeah, that, I you know. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, the, the mindset that I go into. It's yeah. like, okay, we'll go to a small group. Or, you, you know, any social outing with church people or just anybody. And you always close with what? Oh, anybody got any prayer requests? Right. And they always go around. And say, <coughs> sometimes it's awkward. It's like nobody wants to talk. And sometimes they'll, Louis, you got anything? <laughs> hey, buddy, you, you good? <laughs> and it, and it, yes, I'm good. And, well, then you think about it. It's like, well, so you got to come up with something. It's like, okay, well, I can think of something. But it's always other-minded, like others-minded. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's almost uh, egotistical. No, it, I guess that's almost a oxymoron, but it's egotistical almost yeah. to want to ask for something for yourself or ask for a prayer for yourself. It's like, oh, you know, oh, no, I'm good, um, but you can pray for such and such. Like your ego yeah. is getting in the way of. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing that Samuel and I always used to say. Mm-hmm. We got tired of being the only ones that had prayer requests. We got tired of being the only ones that shared our struggles mm-hmm. because we know everybody's struggling, but right. nobody talks about it. And then we look like the only two idiots with father wounds or only two that are broken. And everybody's then praying for us, which mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the long run, thank you for praying for me because I'll get what I need before you get what anything because you're not focused on your own stuff. Right. But like I get so frustrated like being honest, like, you know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. But if I'm the only one confessing, <laughs> where's the one another? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was you, – you get – almost jaded like well if 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 she says something personal i'll say something personal yeah but and I, then I there are times intentional <clears throat> the what i don't know that it's intentional either though i i think it was in the beginning and then it just became a habit mm-hmm. but, but but it's like for me i don't i it's, it's tough for me to share in a men's group when football's mentioned three times <laughs> you know and and that you've got these men around the circle and you know they're hurting um but they're just John Wayne style about it, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm more like, you know, whoever. I'm more like Woody Allen sitting on the couch with my glasses going, I'm really hurting right now, you know. <laughs> I'm really kind of perplexed and confused. And so that is who I am. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not emotional all the time. But I think it's appropriate to be a little bit of everything, you know. Right. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, for me, I, I think it's easier to ask for prayer for other people than myself. But... I, I, you know, God wants to give us things. God wants to give us good gifts, and He wants to. He doesn't, you know. It's not just about a Ferrari or or a nice house or whatever. But God wants to hone your skills, and God wants to give you opportunities. And and prayer for me. Prayer. One of the things that prayer has done is shown me the heart of God, and has changed my heart towards God. And so prayer, you know, has definitely. And it's also strengthened my faith. Like I mentioned before, the girl that asked for prayer for cancer and she was cured of cancer. Mm-hmm. And that showed me that God wants to heal. You know, Jesus all the time in, in the New Testament said, what do you need from me? <laughs> and they're like, we want to be healed. And he goes, okay, you know, you, you state what you need. And, and he's all the time saying, like asking people what they need. And so if Jesus is asking them what they need, are we not as important as they are? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, no, something specific comes to mind now like we had somebody reach out to us at the on the facebook website yeah somebody who needs 
Oh I'm yeah, here, yeah, you know? our friend, yeah. And you know, I've been I've been carrying that in my mind. I've been carrying it like a sack on my shoulders, and hoping and praying for it. And I, I maybe I was just hit by it as almost a. Uh, I'm wondering if it's um, being called out on it by God, in a sense, where it's just like, well, you've been praying so much about this, but you know, the whole you're trying to, and that's not that's not the, you know, that's not the right language that I'm trying to get to, but this is just the similar the similarity of it. I so say you're so preoccupied with the speck on your brother's eye, well, work mm-hmm. on the plank on your own eye. Yeah. So I'm hoping and praying and wishing and, you know, enduring for a miracle, a good work for this person. And I'm wondering if I'm not. I want to take responsibility for it because I'm wondering now if it's just me not working on me in order to see somebody else's. I, I know that's not the right mindset. I know it's... Well, no, that that's why we're talking about what we're talking about today because I think you and I represent viewpoints of prayer and other people are struggling with different things out there. And mm-hmm. so I, I think the end-all, be-all is build a prayer life, you know, whatever it sounds like. Have a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I think there's a reason in the Bible where it says go into your prayer closet because you can't get critiqued in there. <laughs> and it's cramped, so you have to go in there alone. Right. You know, so you can't get in too much trouble. Um, but but there is, you know, and I had a Christian once said, why do you need to go in a prayer closet? You know, you can just pray wherever. And I was like, well, because it's biblical. It says, you know, go in there, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but the... Uh, I, what popped into my head is that I do this other thing. I mm-hmm. farm prayer out. So people will say, hey, yeah, or people will call me and say, hey, I really need prayer. And uh-huh. I'll ask other people to pray. <laughs> right. And I won't pray as much. <laughs> it's almost like I'm I'm a, a, co- a co-op. Like, right. all right, you just come to me with your prayer request and I will find somebody to meet your need. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty on the help desk. Hey, can you pray for? Her? And then I won't do it. And And Patty's even said, people will call me and ask for prayer for something. And she goes, I know that they're not praying themselves or I'll ask them if they're praying and they won't be praying. It's like, I'm not the warehouse where you bring the goods. <laughs> right. Like you, you have authority in people's lives. You know, um, if you have the authority and somebody's asking you for prayer, you're the one meant to pray for them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's like, <clears throat> if you have to set reminders, if God, God did this, he does this thing for me. I'll see somebody. They'll look exactly like one of my friends. And and there was a lady at church in the choir once. She looked just like my friend Lindsay Rubenkamp. Mm-hmm. And so Lindsay was living in France at the time. And I started praying for Lindsay because I was like, that's weird. And, mm-hmm. and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, pray for Lindsay. Every time I would see this woman, pray for Lindsay. Every time I'd see her. There was one Sunday, this lady switched. My friend Lindsay <laughs> is white, blonde hair, tall mm-hmm. whatever this lady switched and the way the light hit her she was hispanic with dark <laughs> hair short and dark skin and i'm like she looks nothing like my friend <laughs> but just the position where she was at mm-hmm. god illuminated this woman and had me praying for Lindsay. when i eventually talked to Lindsay, she goes oh my gosh that was a time in my life where i desperately needed prayer mm-hmm. and so obviously when the lady changed appearances i didn't think of Lindsay anymore mm-hmm. but like I love how God works with where I'm at, my visuals, my the way that I learn, the way that I do things. And and not that God always has to work with us or do what we call. But when I know that I have a gift for prayer and mm-hmm. I know he's called me to prayer, it's nice to have 
to, to see that he wants us to pray. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to have conversations with him. Um, there was somebody once that said, you can get so busy doing the work of the Father that you forget about the Father of the work. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's kind of, like, I get to that point because there's plenty of hurting people. You know, and even Jesus took time away from the crowds to connect with the Father. And we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We treat Christianity like a business. Those of you white Protestant uh, saints out there, all all the famous preachers that are fam- more famous than Jesus, I uh, will talk about that later. Uh, it unnerves me. Anyway, all right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. How important is the Lord's Prayer to you, or how has it influenced you? Uh, I go. Can you I, recite the Lord's Prayer? I I think I can, but I need like six other people around me quoting different versions <laughs> of it, so I can like kind of mumble. Right. Um. Yeah, I can recite it, but I wasn't raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. We only did it on special occasions, and I will be honest. When I go to the Lord's Prayer, is when I don't know what to pray, mm-hmm. and I'm just praying all the the generalities and the coverings of that prayer because I have no idea what to say, God, or I don't want to say the wrong thing. Or I I want to definitely get into the I want to get into the presence of God mm-hmm. the way He's called us to get into the presence and so you know that prayer I don't believe in the repetition you know I the, if the repetition works for you that's great and I don't pray to Mary I don't agree with that um, but um, I will pray the Lord's prayer and and the other thing is I'll pray one sentence and I'll meditate on that and think about that and then I'll pray the next sentence so. It's not frequent, but it is. I feel like it's it's the difference between buying something at Walmart and then or going to the factory where they've made that thing. Right. You know. No, they, I mean we because I was going to the Catholic school. The repetition part was a definite part. Of it. Yeah. We go into do confession and yeah. Depending on how bad Oops. you were. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that was my lunch. Making a revisit. Go. Depending on how bad you were, you would. Okay, so fifteen. Uh, yeah. And uh, and five for, you know, hail marys, and. Let me ask you. Did it, it? Did it help? No, because most of the time it's like. It was a task. I was gonna say the word, but I'll just. It was like, ah, well, poop. So let me go to the yeah. to the front of the altar. Go, yeah. you know, get on my knees and pray. But I will not take away the value of it because I can. And it's not that I can recite the Lord's Prayer in an instant. Yeah. The value of it is having that as a backup. Not yes. as not even as a backup, but it's just I know I know what to say based off of that. Right. It's second nature now in a sense because I've I can go back to the it's almost like uh you know concept that's always used, which is the foundation. I have yes. the foundation. Yeah. I can have the foundation yeah. to go back and, and press on yeah. as, a, as a source. <clears throat> you know? Well, and you know the other thing I just thought of, Lewis, is that have you ever been praying? Like you ever do the sleepy time prayers where you're uh-huh. praying and you fall asleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God's like, oh, here they go again. <laughs> you know. And I think sometimes he pokes us so we'll wake up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we start at the same exact place and he, it, he just does it for humor. But mm-hmm. no, so if you sometimes it takes my mind a while to wrap get get slowed down and calmed down to be in prayer. Mm-hmm. So I think the Lord's Prayer repeated would be a almost like meditation. Like this is what I'm praying about now. Right. This is where I'm focused. So maybe by the fourth time you say it, you're like, this is what this means. Mm-hmm. So the first three were like land in the plane. And then the next, the other one was like pulling up to the jetway, mm-hmm. you know. And so I can see 
focus and meditation and and just really getting into the presence of God, you know. No, the the value, the real value of it came years later. It wasn't as I yep. was a kid and yeah. having to, oh, okay, well, here we go again, you know, having to do it. But, yeah, yeah. no, I, I just brought it up because it's important to me, you know. I, I'm, I'm glad for those days, however begrudging I was towards... <laughs> Uh, towards doing the activity. Oh yeah. At the time. But, well, I yeah. I think regardless of what religion we were raised in, there was a there there was resentment as a kid having to sit there. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. yeah. Does the uh, collective of humanity view prayer as a chore or nuisance? Simple yes or no. I, I guess would be okay. Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to them lately. <laughs> I you know here's what I here's the one thing that I always hear. You know, when CNN or Fox News, they say, our prayers are with you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want you praying for me. Who are you praying to, CNN? You know, the Clintons? Um, but it's like, I don't know who they're praying to. And when they say, our thoughts and prayers are with you. I don't need your thoughts. Your thoughts aren't going to do me any good. Right. I need your prayers and your money. You know? I mean, not all their money. But, like, right. but yeah, like, I, I think I think everybody has... A, a, a thought of who God is and a, and a desire to connect with God. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says that he has placed eternity on the hearts of all men. Mm-hmm. And so we have that desire to connect with God, but but there are things sometimes that get thrown in our way or we see a billboard from the side and we go to that distraction rather than to go to God. And mm-hmm. And there are a lot of, you know, you have to be careful. You could pray for something and the enemy can bring you something good. Mm-hmm. The enemy will bring you a good thing but is it the thing that god has called you to is it god's will for you mm-hmm. you know and i before i worked at SeaWorld, i worked at this really small facility in mississippi with dolphins and i did it because it was easy i didn't want to do SeaWorld because it was hard mm-hmm. and you know two and a half years later when i realized you know and god redeemed that whole time it was because of that time that i walked out of homosexuality but um there was a moment where i realized god makes the part about getting into heaven easy because he says jesus (laughs) died for your sins Mm -hmm. his sacrifice is there so that you will have sacrifice for your sins and you have entry into heaven right but the christian walk is not easy Mm -hmm. it's simple what we have to do but it's not easy and so like i used to get mad at god when i first started at SeaWorld, and they said you have to dive down to the bottom of this 36-foot tank at Shamu Stadium, mm-hmm. I dove down thinking I was going to do it, and I almost busted my eardrums. And so for two weeks, I had people at home praying. I was praying. I was pursuing God just to do this one task. Mm-hmm. And once that task was over, there was another hard task on the other side of that. And I was just like, when's it supposed to get easy? Right. <laughs> and and it just God taught me early that the Christian walk is not an easy walk. But it is a fulfilling, awesome, amazing walk mm-hmm. that doesn't have a lot of that doesn't have regrets like my old life did. So my old life may have met the pleasures of the flesh, but this new walk, I was going to have to put out some effort, mm-hmm. and I was mad at God for the longest time because I'm like, I already put out for the effort for this, and you told me you'd give me the the desires of my heart, and uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. and so you know that I learned over time there there are things that you can accomplish in prayer Mm -hmm. and there are things that god will will give you as a result of prayer but god never takes away the difficulty sometimes of situations because it's in those moments that we appreciate who he is and and the statement everybody makes god will never give you anything more than you can handle and that's hallmark that's not the bible because if god didn't give us more than we could handle we wouldn't need god Mm -hmm. and so that the prayer 
for me is like I think when you pray mm-hmm. like you're opening a channel to God so it God just doesn't wait for you to plug in and then he starts talking if you're praying and you're having that that walk with God God mm-hmm. can talk to you anytime so is it prayer when God talks to us I don't know but I know he downloads stuff to me sometimes and I talk back to him and so you know, I think people get confused. Like, you use prayer to get what you want, or you use prayer to thank God. But for me, prayer is just a conversation, mm-hmm. and it is is a it is a continual conversation with the person that I am married to. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't have a partner, uh, a wife right now, and so God is my everything. Mm-hmm. And so my conversation with Him, you know, I don't have a partner on this earth, but God is is not. Even if you yeah. did, I mean, that's the whole concept of matrimony. Right, right. The, the trying part, it's just three people. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, the negative connotation that prayer seems to get, especially as of late, <laughs> is that as events have occurred, you know, the Las Vegas shooting, the, yeah. uh, uh, the hurricanes, natural disasters, halts, yeah, poles. Yeah. The idea of prayer isn't a bad thing, but I've seen there's a there's a jadedness, there's a um, there's an anger even at just the simple notion of saying that, and I and I think the negativity there is that um, the the result of prayer is usually not well, it's either not perceived or seen, right, and. I think the reason there's no negativity is because it's so easy to pray, but there's the... It's a symbiosis that should exist there, which is, sure, prayer is all fine and well, but action needs to be taken, too. Yeah. And, you know, but you shouldn't take action without the prayer, too. That's where the symbiosis part is, because otherwise it's just blind action. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. If that's, you know, what you want to do, but I think that's why... Some people view prayer as ineffectual nowadays. When they say, oh, I'll pray for you, well, you know, it's just another drop in the bucket. Or Yeah, it makes uh, them feel good. It doesn't do squat for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like Patty, Patty even said this the other day. It's like people now, when they say goodbye to you on the phone, they say, love you. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've tried my best if I have friends to say I love you, not love you. It, it's not like a punch on the shoulder <laughs> or a clap on the back, you know. Um it's like, uh, since I'm a writer, I want the words, I, and, and I don't always practice this, you know, I'm, I've been working at, uh, you know, swear, not swearing, you know, because it's just, I finally feel a conviction about it. Eight, 85 years into my, into my Christian walk. What was that noise? I heard a tone. Oh, it's just the computer being funny. Okay. So, but I, you know, I, I want to say words that I mean. And I want to say, if I say something, I want to have conviction about it. I don't want to just say something to get somebody off the phone or out of my out of my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, I, I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks, and we're not going to we won't blog about or we won't podcast about it. But right. I want to do a study of of scriptures on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just want to read a few. But the for one I, the first one I thought of is First John. 5:14 it says this is this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will uh in according to his will he hears us mm-hmm. um 
and then let's see look to the Lord and his strength seek his face always that's first chronicles 16:11 mm-hmm. um and then second chronicles 7:14 even this one in america if we would do this today if people would band together and do this if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and i will forgive uh their sin and heal their land mm-hmm. and you know um and then jeremiah 29 uh, 12 says then you call then you will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you uh and then 29 13 says my people will will find me when they seek me with all their heart Mm -hmm. and so it's like long distance relationships are only good for a little bit you know and then you need to see the person because i didn't get in a relationship just to talk to somebody on the phone i can do that with my 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 family Mm -hmm. but I, I just think there's there's something to prayer that the enemy has convinced us prayer doesn't work or prayer is and, and and think about it. Maybe you're not praying for something, but prayer is conversation with the person you are you call Lord of your life, mm-hmm. with the person who died for your sins. Right. You know, we didn't just buy a TV from Walmart and take it home and watch it. We bought programming, you know, we bought a different life from them and and he gave us a different life and so it's like there's a constant downloading mm-hmm. you know christianity should be like tesla every morning there's a download there's an upload yeah. <laughs> an upload a or, download well, download yeah I guess. yeah no it, w- i uh you said well what does when we were trading notes on what to talk about this yeah about the prayer you're you got all those scriptures and i kept thinking of the action scriptures of prayer yeah of you know the the one that jumped out at me immediately was um, about casting casting off the demons. Yeah. And well, Lord, you know why can we do you know get rid of this one? And he says, well, the some of them require yeah. prayer and mm-hmm. fasting. I was thinking, well, there you know there's a prime example of action necessity. You know, in the need of prayer. Um, but yeah, there's just it's it's multiple things that are tied together, not just action. I got to remember that, you know, as as guys or human beings, I guess, in general, we like to problem solve or to get things done. Yeah. So it's almost a bad view to look at prayer as another means to get something done. Right. I got to remember the relational side of things always to it. Well, and and you and the scripture says that God is a good father and He wants to give us things. Mm-hmm. So there are sometimes. There's sometimes I have thoughts about things that I need and they they turn up. And I know that's God just showing off Mm -hmm. because I haven't asked for them. And sometimes I think, well, I can't ask for that because that's silly to ask for or or whatever. And God just, like even with this garage sale, there were things I was like, oh, I wish I had one of those to sell. And it would show up, (laughs) you know, and and just different, like different things that I would think about, different things I haven't even prayed about when I already have my relationship with God. God doesn't do it so that we'll like him. Mm-hmm. God does it because God is good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wants relationship with us. He wants to do things with us. What gets in the way sometimes are, you know, well-meaning and sometimes prideful Christians who try to tell everybody else how to live their lives the way they're living theirs, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like I had to get away from, when I walked out of homosexuality, I had to get away from the gays who were too strong for me and I had to get away from the Christians who were too belligerent mm-hmm. and I went to a place in my own version of the wilderness 
and I got in the presence of God, and I asked him what my Christian walk should look like. I asked him what my sexuality should look like. And, you know, I fight vehemently uh, against, you know, I had a Christian tell me once, well, Christians don't need therapy. And I said, well, some Christians need therapy because you're so belligerent. Um, but it's like, I, I think there's a certain amount of letting people have their their own walk with God and praying that God finds them where they're at and that God's will is done in their life. Mm -hmm. But you don't throw a bridle on a human, you know, like you do a horse mm -hmm. and try to get them to do what you need them to do. But, you know, if each of us is built uh, specifically, uniquely on purpose by God, mm -hmm. and if we can, if God can, will allow God to tap into that part, we'll be so more productive and so more fulfilled and doing what we've been doing because we're doing what we're built to do rather than looking into Lewis's life and saying, gosh, I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then forgetting all about how I'm created. You know, that was a, a certain amount of like my gay life is like comparing myself and wishing I was like that and wishing I was built like that guy and wishing I was as tall as this guy and, and wishing, you know, comparison. Mm -hmm. Comparison was the, the, the greatest uh, enemy of who I was, you know, because there was a, a point where the enemy had told me that I couldn't be this or I couldn't be that. And so I longed for it and I sort of pulled other people into my life who mm -hmm. were like that. But prayer is the only thing that brought me out of that life because my dad would pray sometimes till three in the morning in his recliner, you know, kneeling in front of his recliner, mm -hmm. praying for me and my brother, you know, and that's it. it without prayer, I would not be on this earth. You know, it's, it's definitely a powerful thing, whether you choose to view it that way or not. Well, we hope we made you think, as always. Um, if you want to reach us, you can reach us. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash wolfsheeppod. Uh, you can reach me, uh, email 4cslus at gmail.com. Matthew? You can reach me at bigfishministry at gmail.com, or you can... Uh, <laughs> your blog, oh, Matty, my blog, yeah. mattywalk.com. M A T T I E W A L K.com. Sorry, I just got a text that a friend of mine is they're pregnant and it's like amazing. So I can't announce the name because oh, well, they said it's not, but it's it's oh. pretty sweet. It's it's amazing. Well, so. congratulations. Yay! <laughs> Yay to my friends who shall remain nameless. <laughs> well, from uh, Luis Cavedo and Matthew Walker, this is Wolf Sheep. <laughs>